You're listening to the Garden City Church Podcast. We just want to say thanks so much for tuning in. And if you enjoy what you hear today, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. If you want to support what Garden City is doing, you can go to GardenCityNW.com slash give or click on give in the show notes. Let's dive into this week's message together. Hi, Garden City Church. Uh, We are a place where you can belong before you believe. My name's Kevin, and I'm going to be giving the message for today. Can you remember a time in your life where there was a particular person that you respected, that you loved being around, and that you even tried to implement some of the things about their life into yours. And when you did, you found that your life started to flourish a little bit. Well, I can remember a time when I was in college, I had this one uh, pastor mentor friend of mine. And uh, I loved being around, loved grabbing coffee. I loved when he would take me to lunch and particularly buy me lunch. I loved hanging out with his family. And I really liked doing ministry with him. And he was the kind of guy who just loved, nurtured, affirmed, and challenged the heck out of me. I remember one time we were down in Mexico for like a mission trip and we were at an orphanage. And during one of our downtimes, he took the group and said, hey, we're going to go out to the city. So we found this random park where there was a whole bunch of people just kind of doing their thing and enjoying park life. And then he looks to me and he says, Kevin, I want you to preach right now. And I'm like, what? I was like, I was shocked. I was embarrassed. I was nervous, but felt like I had no way out. And so he said, I want you to take the the song. It's an old song that you might know of. Lord, I lift your name on high. Take the chorus part and just read it off in Spanish. And so I did that. Um, and, and it went something like, I'm not going to read in Spanish, but I said this in Spanish at the top of my lungs in the middle of a park in Mexico. <laughs> you came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross, my depths to paid, and on and on. And then I just couldn't wait to finally finish. And after I did, I just kind of like sunk and just, I don't know what happened after that. Everything was a blur. But this is the kind of guy he was. And I remember sometime after that, we were having coffee or something. And he looked at me and he said, Kevin, you better be a better pastor than me. You better do better in life than me. And I wasn't threatened by that. But Just strangely enough, I was so encouraged. That heart and that vision and that challenge and that man really allowed me to flourish and experience some amazing growth. And it was all because of my connection with him. Who we are connected to matters when it comes to spiritual growth. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at John 15 verses 1 through 8. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. And those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. 
Apart from me, you can do nothing. And anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me, my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings glory, great glory to my Father. Now in verse 1, Jesus states that he is the true grapevine. You know, the grapevine was a symbol of fruitfulness that represented Israel during the time of Jesus. It's kind of like here in the United States, we have a national symbol. You know what it is? It's the bald eagle. And that bald eagle represents freedom. And so as Americans, we're to live life as free people. And during the days of Jesus, Israel was to live as a prosperous people that bore much, much fruit. Jesus here is saying, when it comes to bearing much fruit, he's the source. He's the source of it. I want to begin by saying this, that when it comes to bearing fruit, bearing fruit is this idea of you becoming the unique, distinct person that God created you to be. He doesn't want you to be identical to other people, but he wants you to be you because God created you uniquely. And that uniqueness and that gift truly is a gift to the greater world. And so how do you become the best version of you that, that was designed and destined by God? Well, the Bible says here that it has to do with connecting with Jesus. But I want to say that, first off, that God is 100% for your fruitfulness. God is 100% for your transformation, for your flourishing, and for your growth. And how do I know this? In verse 8, it says, it is to the Father's glory that you bear much fruit. Fruit is always qualified by much fruit, abundance, in excess. And when that happens, the Father is glorified, God the Father is pleased and happy. So God is for you. He's not against you. Everything he does is so that you can become the person that God has designed you to be. That's good news. I mean, that's really good news, right? You can be for, against yourself. Other people can be against you. But God is for you. And so we see this illustrated in the first verse where it says the father is the gardener. Think about it. What is the gardener's sole objective when it comes to a vineyard? The sole objective is to produce the healthiest, plumpest, juiciest, sweetest, tastiest grapes possible. That's the desire of the gardener. And what the gardener does in order to produce that type of harvest is he goes and he prunes and cuts off branches that are non-fruit-bearing branches. Father is so concerned about your growth that he'll cut off things in your life that is taking unnecessary energy from you to actually grow. And we can look at this in the negative, and so maybe it's bad relationships, bad habits, bad ideas, and God kind of prunes those things. 
but you may, may be surprised to know that it can also be good things. That God takes good things from your life so that you can have even greater things in your life. You know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a good relationship, but that relationship really is taking too much time, too much energy from you focusing on Jesus and growing in Christ. And so what God will do in time is he'll disconnect those relationships so that you can be experiencing even greater intimacy and even better friendships. So how do we bear the fruit that we were designed and destined to experience? Well, verse 4 points it out. Jesus says, remain in me and I in you. And this word remain um, in the Greek is meno, which means to make one's home in. Think about that idea of a home, of a healthy home. What happens? In a healthy home, ideas are exchanged. Intimacy is experienced. Heart-to-heart conversations are had. It's familiar, it's safe, you eat, you celebrate, you cry, you weep, you do life together. There's a real connectedness and intimacy. And if you take that word of uh, finding one's home in, Jesus is saying, if you find your home in me and I find my home in you, this mutual relationship, you will bear much fruit. And really what Jesus is talking about is a deep, intimate connection with him. That is the key to experiencing fruitfulness in your life. So I found a quote by Henry Nouwen that I found really helpful. Jesus is about your fruitfulness, not about your successfulness. Yeah, there are times when fruitfulness will show itself in successfulness, but there's a real distinction there. And this is what Henry Nouwen says. There's a great difference between successfulness and fruitfulness. Success comes from strength, control, and respectability. A successful person has the energy to create something, to keep control over its development, and to make it available in large quantities. Success brings many rewards and often fame. Fruit, however, comes from weakness and vulnerability. Fruits are unique. A child is the fruit conceived in vulnerability. Community is the fruit born through shared brokenness. And intimacy is the fruit that grows out of touching one another's wounds. And I thought that was really helpful, that what Jesus is for is for our fruitfulness. And that comes as we open our hearts in relation to Him. So we looked at God the Father is 100% for our fruitfulness. And that fruitfulness is 100% dependent upon Jesus. Now, the last part I want to share is that how do we know if we've really experienced a life of being connected with Jesus, that we really are bearing authentic fruit? If you want to turn with me, it's going to be in verse 7. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. The mark of someone being authentically connected to Jesus and bearing authentic fruit is a prayer life that works. Now, Jesus says here that if my words remain in you, you can ask 
whatever you want. Now, in the Bible, there's different words that are used for word. One is logos. Um, that's not the word that's being used here, but rather, Rhema is the word that's used here, which is the actual spoken words of Jesus. You know, those times where you're sitting alone or you're walking down the street and you have this thought or you have this Bible verse that comes to your mind or you have this kind of impression that you need to be doing something that, you know, for God. Um, those would be kind of Rhema words. And Jesus says that when there's an intimacy that's so connected like that, where you can hear my words and you act upon it, pray whatever and it will be accomplished and it will be done through you. It's that, that, that's amazing that connecting to Jesus, bearing fruit, we will see that through effective prayers. I think one of the best illustrations that I've ever come across was from Henry Blackaby, the old Baptist, right? And he wrote a book called Experiencing God. And I'll kind of paraphrase what he wrote about prayer. He says, imagine there's a little boy and uh, his birthday's coming up in a few months. And the father knows exactly what um, the little boy needs. He needs a blue bike. And he asks the son, hey son, what would you like for your birthday? And the son says, I just want this toy, that toy, and that toy, right? And the father says, okay. But the father knows, like every good dad, that after three or four days, he's going to be completely bored with the toys and it's going to be useless. And so what he does over the next weeks and the months is he subtly drops these hints. Son, I think what you really need is a blue bike. Oh, son, do you see all those people out there riding their bikes? Wouldn't that be awesome if you had a blue bike? And so after the weeks and months, lo and behold, when he came to his birthday, guess what was in his heart? And guess what he asked for? He asked for a blue bike. And that's what happens, I think, in prayer, is that we're so connected with Jesus, we're so connected with his will and desire, that whatever comes out of our mouth is His will. And whatever is God's will, He always blesses and says yes to. So I just want to encourage, that is one of the sweet, sweet benefits of experiencing Jesus. Let me land it here and make it practical, at least in the way that was help, that's helpful to me. So we looked at God is for you. We looked at Jesus is the key for your fruitfulness. And that one of the main indicators that you are connected to Jesus is a fruitful prayer life. So how do you and I experience practically being connected to Jesus? Here's a funny thing that happens um, if you're a Jesus follower. That it's not uncommon for you and I to um, look to our good works. Did we pray that morning? Um, did we go to church? Uh, did we give generously? Did we serve our over and a, you know um, more than you know what's normal to us? And we look to those good works as ways or indicators to show us how right we are with God, right? And the big one is like, okay, if we didn't really sin that month, like if we sin less collectively that month than the month before, then we feel like we're closer to Jesus, right? And then we have a little bit more boldness. Um, I had a professor in seminary. He was actually a mentor to Tim Keller. His name was Richard Loveless. Uh, he wrote in a book, Dynamics of Spiritual Life. He says, uh, most Christians, they trust in their sanctification for their justification. I know these are big words, but I'll explain it. But what we should really be doing is we should be trusting in our justification for our sanctification, meaning we should be looking to who Jesus is, what he's declared, what he's accomplished on the cross to determine 
the fruits and the good works in my, our life. It shouldn't be the other way around because the other way around is trying to manipulate God, trying to brainwash yourself into thinking that God really cares for me. But it really, our fruits should come from a place where we know that God really loves and accepts us. One of the best illustrations I've ever heard was from a pastor. Do you remember American Idol? Gosh, I don't know, 18, I don't know how many years ago, right? But I, I, maybe you remember the first um, episode. The first episode, the two finalists. There was Kelly Clarkson. And think hard, do you remember the second person? It was Justin Groini. And it was a final episode. And they were both given the mic to sing their kind of their, um, their last song. And Kelly Clarkson goes out and she sings, in a moment like this. And then the other guy was given the mic and he sang his song. And then Ryan Seacrest, another host, comes out and there's that drum roll and just one minute of awkward pause. And they turn to the contestants and they say, America has chosen Kelly Clarkson, right? Confetti comes down. She's bawling. And they give her a mic the second or um, one, one final time. And she takes the mic. And something happened. It was the first time in her American Idol history where she sang. See, every time before that, she was performing. She was trying to be good so that she could elicit the respect and the acceptance of America and the judges. But when she realized that America chose her, that America loved her, that America accepted her, she sang and she sang for the first time on American Idol. And she had tears coming down her face. Mascara was all sloppy. She messed up. She took a break from her singing. And she wasn't perfect. Yet it was perfect because she realized she was accepted. The power of knowing that you're loved and you've been chosen changes everything. And when you know and realize that God chose you in Christ, and that he's requiring you to do some work to remain in him, but he chose you. He loves you. He's for you, not against you. I think the more that we can sit in that and own that, the more we see fruit being experienced in our life, the more we experience you and I becoming the people that God created us to be. Let me pray for us. Father, this is not easy. We have this ongoing issue with memory loss when it comes to your love and your acceptance. And we just want to acknowledge that it is rooted in Christ. Everything that he's done, everything that he said. And so, Lord, we, we don't want to make this life about us, but really about him. So may the works, may the person of Jesus just increase in us as we experience decrease in ourselves. And so, Lord, I pray that every person listening would be able to experience that amazing union with Christ and from there experience the life that you intended us to live. So bless them. Bless them to be extremely fruitful so that they can be a blessing to the world. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or comments about today's message or would like to contact Garden City Church, reach out at info at gardencitynw.com or click contact in our show notes. Garden City services are made possible by your generosity. 
Your generosity is love in action. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.